Hornet Heaven, Series Nine, Episode Two: Gathering Winter Fuel. Written by Ollie Wicken, read by Colin Mace. Earth Season, 2018-19. On Christmas morning 2018, 92-year-old Bill Mainwood stood beneath the huge sparkling Christmas tree in the atrium of Hornet Heaven. The head of programs felt a tugging at his jacket. He turned and looked down. He saw his young assistant, Derek Garston. The 13-year-old held out a small parcel and said, Merry Christmas, sir. This is for you, sir. Golly. Thank you, my boy. You shouldn't have. Go on, sir. Unwrap it, sir. Oh, a yellow bracelet. Lovely. It's uh, not a bracelet, sir. What is it then? <laughs> is it a security tag? Is it to stop me roaming into Hatter Heaven now that we've discovered this year's traditional Christmas overlap of the heavens is with those skanky non-entities again? No, sir. It's like those Fitbits that people wear in the land of the living, sir. It's wearable technology that monitors your health, sir. But I'm dead, my boy. I'm fully aware my health isn't what it was. I mean your hornet health, sir. It measures the hornet love running through your plasma, sir. Roy from IT developed it for me. But why would I want to know my levels of hornet love, young man? McBain fixed the plumbing yesterday and blocked the flow of excess fuel. There's no longer any danger that I'll be wiped from existence when Roberto Pereira scores his next wonder goal and hornet love pours in from all over the world. The device is just a bit of fun, sir. It's called a hornometer, sir. When you really love Watford, it'll flash the words, True Horn, sir. At the next level down, it'll say, Lightweight. Another level down, and it'll say, Plastic. But if it can't detect any love at all, sir, it'll flash the words, Oh my God, it's Lawrence Bloody Bassini. And sound an ear-piercing alarm, sir. Oh dear, Derek. I don't like this at all. It's very unkind to label people like that. No, it isn't, sir. <laughs> it's hilarious, sir. It's inappropriate, young man. No Watford fan should ever be made to feel they're less of a supporter than any other. We're all equal, because we all love the club. I'm sorry, my boy, but I can't wear something like this. What? But I got it made specially for you, sir. That's so ungrateful, sir. It just feels wrong, young man. Oh, my God, sir. I hate you, sir. You're no fun at all, sir. This is the worst Christmas ever, sir. Derek skulked off across the atrium. Bill shook his head and pocketed the hornometer. He went and sat on one of the yellow leather sofas. He found himself next to the sullen figure of Neil McBain. Oh, Hello, McBain. Happy Christmas. Ugh. There's nothing happy about it. Oh, dear. 
What's wrong? I'll tell you what's wrong. I've saved Hornet Heaven from extinction, and people are still accusing me of being a Luton fan for one tiny indiscretion in 1938. A passing fan called out, Better keep your head down, McBain. I got given the wings of a sparrow and the arse of a crow for Christmas. Ha 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 ha! you ungrateful little... Easy, McBain. They're only teasing. McBain was still upset from the events of yesterday. He desperately wanted to change the way people treated him, but he hadn't worked out how he'd do it. Bill said, You should look on the positive side. Today's your chance to make sure you never get any more abuse. Well, you better tell me how. I've been sitting here trying to think up a wee, but I've drawn a total blank. Oi! McBain! Is that you? Or David Pleat in disguise? <laughs> well, this morning, we've discovered that Hornet Heaven has collided with Hatter Heaven at all the old Christmas derbies again. How you react to the situation is your chance to prove things once and for all either way. What? Say that again. Hornet Heaven has collided... No, the other bit... You can prove things either way. McBain got up, suddenly furious. Either way, he says. As if there's a genuine doubt. Brilliant. Even wise old Bill Meanwood isn't sure I'm not a Luton fan. Right, that's it. I've had enough. Wait, I, I, I didn't mean it. It just came out like that. McBain stormed off towards the programme shelves. I misspoke, McBain. Where are you going? What are you going to do? On Christmas Day afternoon, McBain strode angrily down Occupation Road with a programme in his pocket. Merry Christmas, McBain. Bah! Humbug. Something Bill Mainwood had said had given McBain an idea for how to change the way people treated him. In his arms he was carrying a yellow hosepipe extension that he'd borrowed from Les Simmons. It was a vast length, tightly coiled. He jumped down into the crater where he'd found the underground fuel pipe on Christmas Eve. He knelt down and removed the nozzle on the hosepipe he'd originally attached to the plumbing. In the eternal sunshine, his body turned black and white again as he breathed pure, concentrated hornet love. He flickered. His hands juddered. He told himself, Keep those hands steady, man. Working quickly, he attached a connector fitting and joined the new length of hosepipe to the old. He watched the coils of the yellow hose extension swell and unfurl as hornet love flowed through. Then he reattached the nozzle to the far end of the extension and made sure it was shut. He returned to full colour. He stopped flickering and juddering. He nodded to himself. His handiwork had proved good again, and his idea was now ready to be carried out. The hosepipe extension would give him the ability to redirect the fuel wherever he wanted. He looked up the slope to the atrium 
there was no one about. No one cared about him enough to know where he was or what he was doing. There was no one to stop him redirecting Hornet Heaven's spare fuel to the place he decided should have it. He paused for a moment. Was he doing the right thing? He'd been driven to it by decades of teasing and goading. Was he really going to go through with this? He cursed. He was too angry with everyone in Hornet Heaven to think any harder. He'd do it. There was a place that badly needed extra fuel. A place that would welcome him with open arms when he arrived with a hosepipe. He'd go there right now. As a result, by the end of Christmas Day, the residents of Hornet Heaven would finally know for sure the 2018 loyalties of Neil McBain. Holding the nozzle, he climbed out of the crater, trailing the enormous length of uncoiling hosepipe behind him as he went. Then he took the programme out of his pocket and left the eternal sunshine of Occupation Road to go through the ancient turnstile. McBain's programme took him to the Southern League Division I Christmas derby between Luton and Watford at Kenilworth Road on Boxing Day 1908. Just the other side of the turnstile, he knotted the hosepipe around some railings to secure it and left it there for now. Then he went off to get his bearings. The Kenilworth Road Stadium was only three years old. Standing at the Oak Road end, McBain looked towards the pitch. To his right, there was a new wooden main stand. Perched on the roof was a gabled loft with a white balcony. In front of the stand was a low picket fence running along the touchline. Behind the fence stood rows of Edwardian ladies and gentlemen dressed in rather smart coats and hats. Overall, there were 9,000 real-world spectators in the ground. But McBain could also see fans who didn't belong in 1908. Just along from him, at the Oak Road end, uncovered shallow banking with a huge advertising hoarding behind it, he saw several skinheads from the 1970s with satin scarves tied around their wrists. The scarves were bright orange, even though Luton's colours in 1908, on the pitch in front of them, were sky blue and white. These thugs were clearly from Hatter Heaven. It was confirmation that their afterlife and Watford's afterlife were definitely overlapping at this festive fixture. McBain grinned. The necessary conditions were in place for his plan to redirect Hornet Heaven's spare fuel. Now he needed to take the next step. He had to find the entrance to the main part of Hatter Heaven. He watched the crowd around him carefully. Soon he spotted a woman in a World War II naval uniform from an era more than 30 years after this fixture. She had appeared from behind the main stand. He figured the entrance to Hatter Heaven must be located somewhere there. He went behind the stand and waited. Before long, he saw a man with a black and white Luton rattle from the 1950s emerge from a small brick building, an outhouse. This had to be the place. McBain went into the outhouse. Ahead of him, he saw a black painted wall. It was wet, with puddles in the earth below it. An Edwardian man from the land of the living was relieving himself against the wall. The place stank. McBain wretched. In the corner he saw a cubicle, 
The door opened and a woman came out wearing an orange and white 1980s Luton scarf clutching a programme. Now McBain grinned. He'd found what he was looking for. The Celestial Gateway. Luton's Pearly Gates. He caught the door and looked into the cubicle. In front of him was a white porcelain toilet pan, as anyone would have expected. But the cubicle had no back wall. Beyond the toilet was a small back garden of concrete and weeds, where it was pouring with rain. He was glimpsing the inner sanctum of Hatter Heaven. At first, McBain was taken aback that this was the gateway. But when he thought about it for a moment, the fact that getting in and out of Hatter Heaven meant squeezing past the toilet was no real surprise at all. In fact, it made total sense. Especially when he noticed that the toilet hadn't been flushed. McBain braced himself. Despite the utter repugnance of the portal to Hatter Heaven, he wasn't going to be deterred from what he was doing. He edged past the stained porcelain pan and into the afterlife that dare not speak its name. Back in the main part of Hornet Heaven, Bill Mainwood had gone to see Derek Garston in the programme office. Bill was wanting to make amends for rejecting Derek's present earlier in the day. Oh, there you are, young man. Look, uh, I'm sorry about earlier. Here's the Christmas present I've got for you. A present? For me, sir? Gosh, thank you, sir. I got it from the Hornet's shop. Go on, young man, unwrap it. Well, what do you think? Do you like it? What the hell is this, sir? It's a yellow and black furry monkey. I can see that, sir. I'm not blind. It's got a lovely wonky smile and a Watford badge on its chest. I thought it was rather sweet. Sweet, sir? This monkey isn't sweet, sir. It's disgusting, sir. It's commercialisation gone mad, sir. Oh, dear. Would you have preferred the Maisie Bear in a hornet's hat and scarf? Absolutely not, sir. I refuse to be made complicit in the rampant commercial exploitation of football, sir. Golly, I seem to have touched a bit of a nerve, young man. Too right you have, sir. This crass plaything is a lurid and grotesque contrivance, just like the Premier League itself, sir. Well, I, I realise things weren't quite like this when you were a boy down on Earth a century ago, but the game's Gone, sir. Gone. This garish, grinning piece of tap represents everything that's wrong with modern football, sir. Oh, dear. I, I, I thought... Uh, oh, oh, dear. <laughs> I've got your back, sir. <laughs> what? Got your back for hating my present earlier, sir. I love the monkey, sir. It's adorable. Thank you, Mr Mainwood, sir. Oh, good. So, are we friends again? For all time, sir. Shall we go to a match together, sir? To celebrate, sir? 
Two minutes later, Bill and Derek walked down Occupation Road with a pair of programmes. They immediately saw the hosepipe extension trailing away through the ancient turnstile. Hmm, that's strange. Do you think McBain's up to something? He was rather angry earlier. Oh, my God, sir. I think I know what he's doing. This could be terrible. Terrible? How? What's he up to? Well, McBain's always been a Luton fan underneath, hasn't he, sir? To be fair, we all go on about it, but I don't see how he can be. I mean, his soul lives in Hornet Heaven. Then he must have sold his soul, sir. I think he's using the Christmas overlap of the heavens to redirect our spare power to Hatter Heaven, sir. But maybe he's doing it as a kindness, young man. Perhaps he's doing the good King Wenceslas thing by providing for our peasant neighbours at Christmas time. You know, gathering winter fuel for them. Of course he's not, sir. He'll be doing it to spite us all for teasing him, sir. And to show his true colours as a fan of the horrible filth from up the road, sir. Of Brussels Sprouts FC, sir. But what use could they make of our fuel anyway? They'll be able to upgrade their afterlife like we did in 2013, sir. They'll be able to turn the kennel into a... Well, I don't know, sir. Some kind of luxury kennel, sir. Golly. This is so wrong, sir. McBain is about to upset the natural order of the universe, sir. Luton fans deserve to spend the whole of eternity in appalling squalor, sir. Oh, dear. And not only that, but he's doing it with our fuel, sir. He's stealing Watford fuel to benefit the scummers. We've got to stop him, sir. We've got to stop him. End of episode two. The story continues in episode three.